Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Season Keepers, the show where the only two people we recommend keeping for the season is us. My name's Matt, a.k.a. Clean Sheet Wipeout. My name's James, a.k.a. FPL Drug. You right, dude? How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Very cold up here, um, as I'm sure it is everywhere. <laughs> Reason, mate. That's why I'm in a massive jumper today. So I'm, uh, I'm also feeling it on the sides of the head, because uh, I went and got a haircut yesterday, and the old skin fade, and... I've gone from really, yeah, thick, yeah, really, really thick hair, which was nice and cosy, to like feeling everything. And I played football last night, and fuck me, it was cold, but that uh, was worth it. Um, I also found out that I get to go to St Mary's on Sunday, so uh, I'm fucking yeah. buzzing about that. Yeah, congrats! That's, yeah. that's amazing news. I'm <laughs> so excited, but it was a really weird email. Like I've heard people in other clubs get an email saying congratulations, you know, you've been selected from the ballot. I literally got sent two tickets. Um, so the email was just like, yeah, you have selected two seats for St. Thresh Sheffield United, match six. And I was like, what? No, I haven't. I clicked on it. And yeah, it just, it's allocated your tickets. So there's no congratulations or nothing. It's just, you know, these are your tickets, off you go. But I can't wait. This is just you and your dad, is it? Yeah, yeah. Although, um, my dad won't be going because uh, he's at an op. So he can't, can't kind of wait bear on his foot at the moment. So I think my brother's going to take his ticket. But... Yeah, it should be all right. We'll just wear our masks and sneak on in. But yeah, it's going to be a weird atmosphere. But obviously, I'll, I'll chat about it next week on uh, on the episode and let you know how it is. And hopefully, we get another win. Hope so. Right, uh, let's crack on with the uh, the game week review then and jump straight into uh, Burnley one, Everton one. Calvert Lewin, obviously very clinical again. Uh, just sort of stabbed it in. Uh, nice cross from Richarlison um, Richarlison quietly ticking away uh, mm. points wise not really being paid any attention to perhaps people have got other options in that forward slot I mean everyone's looking at your your Bamford your DCL I mean you go DCL I guess but yeah with, with maybe pens Richarlison's worth considering obviously um, Richarlison got the two bonus Calvert-Lewin didn't get any so Perhaps Richarlison has been a bit overlooked. Um, no clean sheet for either, but I don't think that would surprise anyone. Burnley haven't been particularly good defensively recently, and Everton are ever present in their conceding. Um, so, I mean, the only defensive asset I'd consider for Everton would be like, Dinya when he plays, but other than that, I'd nah, just stay clear of the Everton defence. No, I agree. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think um, Richarlison's kind of been priced out a bit, hasn't he? Because obviously he started at 8 million and I think he's dropped to 7.8 now. But obviously, like, like you said, you've got other players in that price range. Um, even, you know, DCL is similar. But yeah, you've got your Bamford, you've got your Rings, you know, even go down to people like Adams. You know, they're, they're cheaper options that are still getting the points. And obviously, when, when you go to Everton, you're immediately thinking Calvert-Lewin over Richarlison. So it's tricky. I've got Richarlison in a draft team and he's he's... he's been steady obviously he had his, his moments out but I wouldn't go for him I'd be going DCL you know out of the, out of the two of them yeah yeah I mean it's the more I don't know that I feel feels a safer pick does Calvert-Lewin I think Richarlison's one of those if you're going to be ch- if you're chasing a bit then maybe take a punt but yeah I don't think I'd be punting on either of them now anyway because even with um, DCL a lot of people are considering taking him out for this next run. I mean, I probably won't because if they're going to score, he, he tends to pop up. But over Christmas, their the next five fixtures are Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal, 
then Sheffield United, and then they play Man City. So it's arguably, I mean, do you really say Arsenal's a tough game at the moment? Well, we could no, say that. Oh, look at it, it's a good thing. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you've arguably got four big teams there in the next five games, and I think it's going to be quite tough for Everton. So, you know, it's definitely not the time to be bringing them in defensively. And if you've got one, maybe stick, but I wouldn't be gambling to then bring in another. Okay, so on to Man City, Fulham. Yeah. Uh, Good game. Uh, Sterling, Sterling played particularly well um, and could have had more. I mean, he got a goal on assists, which will is long time coming for his owners. Uh, he's been benched the last few, I think, mm. um, starting in like the Champions League and so on. Um, but yeah, this time he, he played. Um, yeah, could have had more, but I, I think he I'd just still be inclined to get rid, to be honest. Yeah, he needs to be more clinical. That's that's his problem at the moment. And obviously, when you've got people like Ferran Torres, Mares, De Bruyne around you getting goals, you have to take your opportunity and get them. And I genuinely thought, I think it was within the first two or three minutes of the game, I think it was, that Sterling was through and obviously didn't take his chance. And you thought, oh, God, it's going to be one of these games. And obviously, fortunately, he got his next chance and, and put it away. But he should have had a hat-trick um, at the end of the day. And I think Pep's going to still continue to look at that and be a little bit worried you know Sterling on his day can be fire like we all know he can get a hat-trick and people you know want him back in FPL and all that but for now yeah he just doesn't look the Sterling that we kind of know he can be Um, but he's always had that issue you know if he's given too much time in front of goal he tends not to put it away Um, De Bruyne on the other hand was exceptional obviously he took the pen very well but Again, probably should have had at least another goal, probably at least another assist. 2-0 was kind to Fulham, I think. Um, you know, they, they played well, but Man City, I felt, were kind of playing within themselves. Yeah, um, agreed. I think Kevin De Bruyne was outstanding. Um, and people like myself who captained him feel, feel like we could have had even more. Yeah. Um, I mean, free bonus, a goal and assist, I'm still very happy with that. And obviously, I'll be holding for the foreseeable future. Wonderful. Could even call him a season keeper, couldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I think he is, mate. Genuinely, I think he is. Um, I really felt for Mares' owners. I mean, I'm not one, so I was glad that he didn't haul. But I thought Mares played brilliantly. And obviously, he's come away with a bonus point, despite not actually getting anything in the game. So he got more points BPS-wise than the defenders who kept clean sheets. So it shows how much influence he had in the game. But yeah, he just didn't get the returns to justify it. No, yeah, very true. Um, the thing is with Sterling and Mares and the other assets in Man City's attack, except from De Bruyne, I'm worried about their kind of minutes and how they, they're managed. Whereas Kevin De Bruyne doesn't really feel like too much of a concern. I feel like he will play the majority of games. And even on the rare occasion where he's benched, I'd still feel comfortable with him coming off the bench. Agreed, yeah. And I think with the run that's coming up as well, like you touched on, obviously they've got the League Cup, I think. Um, they've got a League Cup game coming up. Obviously they've got the big game against um, Man United at the weekend. And then they've got West Brom Saints and Newcastle. So during that period, it's what, you know, it's three games in nine days. You, you could very well see that front three, front four change. You know, there'll be changes at the back. And I think we're going to have to deal with it, you know, you own Man City players because of the prospect of them hauling. But we're always going to have to accept, you know, Pep Roulette. And it's going to be made even worse during the Christmas period. So I think for me, I'm going to stick with KDB. Um, 
And then in Sky, I think I've got KDB, Cancelo and DS. I'm not going to flip around with them because it's too risky. No, yeah, agreed. Um, I think uh, KDB is well worth sticking with. If I if you didn't have KDB or Bruno, I'd actually be more inclined to go for KDB uh, due to Bruno's fixtures. And I think without the pens, obviously he has pens, I think Bruno's returns are less explosive than Kevin De Bruyne's. Yeah, agreed. Honestly. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, talking to Bruno, we'll, we'll jump on to West Ham 1, Man United 3. In a game of two halves, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, didn't really see that second half display sort of coming. Obviously, a fantastic goal for, by Paul Pogba. Uh, mm. Well worth mentioning. Um, obviously, he's, he's had his critics. Um, but he he does still have that in his locker. I mean, I'm not going to be putting him in my team anytime soon. But it was, it was actually kind of nice to see him do that. Yeah, especially with, um, I think it's the recent comments from his agent again. Um, has come out to basically say that his time at Man United's up right before you know a, a massive game this week in the Champions League. So yeah, Paul Pogba is just one that you, you shouldn't really go near an FPL. He'll he'll play the odd game, but I think yeah, to be fair, his relationship with Man United, particularly with his agent, is done in in my opinion. And I don't think his goal should have counted because it was the the clearance, um, wasn't it? That kind of it went out of play. Um, I don't yeah. know. How, yeah. Don't know how they've not picked up on the fact that um, that's gone over the line, and then the inconsistency, isn't it? <laughs> madness. We we can all see it, you know, from from the TV angle. And I think on match of the day they did the old um, camera angle that obviously they've got access to, and they showed it. And the ball's clearly clearly over the line. You've got obviously that the manager on the touchline putting his hand up, but the lino doesn't give it. The ref doesn't give it. VAR doesn't give it and the goal's given. So I think West Ham will rightly aggrieve because that, that got Man United right back in the game. Is it worth mentioning that Henderson's now obviously starting? Uh, five saves. If they're going to start keeping clean sheets, then uh, Henderson could be could be an option? Yeah, I, I'm just I'm still a bit worried about the, the rotation between the two of them because I think... I think in the comments after the game, Solskjaer said that, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, kind of De Gea wasn't played because of the risk of his injury and the fact that they wanted him fit for the Champions League game. So, uh, in yeah. my view, I think that kind of still emphasises that De Gea is number one there. But Henderson's done, you know, nothing wrong again. And um, he came in, played well against Saints when he did. Um, he's come in for this game, played well again. So, I don't think he's done a lot wrong, and uh, we all know he's a bloody good keeper, but whether he's worth bringing in, I'm not so sure at the moment. Yeah, if he was to nail down a place or even start getting a few starts consistently, he's only 5.3, so it might be, might be worth considering upgrading, like a yeah. 4.5. If, yeah, I mean, if he becomes an option, I think he's well worth it because we all know he's got saves in his locker. You know, He showed at Sheffield United last season that he's a brilliant goalkeeper. And at yeah, five point three million, I think it could be could be a steal. Obviously, we saw um, Bruno and Rashford were um, benched to start with in this game, and um, I think it just highlights how pinnacle and how key they are to Man United because United was shit in the first half. They, they looked so lackluster; they had nothing going forward. They just couldn't string three, four passes together. But as soon as you bring Bruno and Rashford into that second half, it, it turns the game. And they're so dominant. Rashford looked, you know, brilliant going forward. And 
Bruno does what Bruno does best, and he just kind of drags people by the heels and gets them going again, doesn't he? He certainly does. Um, just, yeah, I, I was delighted to see him on the bench and then equally uh, pissed off to see him come off and do, come off the bench and do that. Um, yeah, not only get an assist, but then uh, claim two bonus points. So. <laughs> yeah, he's the, he's the one player that's hurting me. He's uh, like uh, a few weeks ago, it was DCL, uh, but now it's Bruno. You can't have them all, exactly. I've got KDB, I've got Son, I've got Kane, I've got plenty of premiums. Yeah, um, yeah you, can't, you can't fit them all in without yeah, completely ruining the rest of your team. There's, there's five premiums, I think, that everybody wants, and arguably you could maximum have four of them. So there's, I don't think there's much point dwelling on it because the points that you didn't get for Bruno, I then didn't get for Son, who, who performed for you. So... You know, it swings and roundabouts at the end of the day. But yeah, FPL is one of those games where you want the points that you can't have all the time. Exactly. <laughs> right, let's move on to um, Chelsea 3, Leeds 1. And a really, really good game to watch. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, I think certainly highlights Giroud again. I think that's it's a good idea playing playing him. He's, I think he's arguably one of the most underrated strikers in the Premier League. Always has been. I mean, everybody. He, he was at him. Arsenal as well. Uh, never, never quite rated, but in the air, he's lethal. Yeah, I, I think he's he's better, um, kind of in the air than than most of the assets that they've got. To be fair, he's 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 a better, I think, all round striker than Tammy Abraham. Whether he continues to get the option, like the opportunities, I don't know. It it depends on how Chelsea are going to set up, because they could still arguably play Werner through the middle, but I don't know if they will. I, from comments that Lampard made, it could well be, you know, Giroud and Abraham vying for that spot. But then when you've got the likes of Pulisic, Werner, Havertz, and obviously Ziyech is, is out injured now, unfortunately. But how how do they continue to fit them all in? I don't know if they can. I guess uh, Ziyech's injury makes it a little bit easier. But uh, I saw it was his hamstring, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe like the first minute or so. But... Oh, yeah, I'd be inclined to play Giroud through the middle, um, providing it doesn't hurt Werner too much. Um, I think Giroud, Giroud, Giroud is just so so good through the middle uh, and gives him a, he can hold the ball up and allow Pulisic and Werner into the game. Yeah, to, to be fair, I, I think that's how it worked. And arguably Giroud and Werner should have put the game to bed long before they did because they both had ample opportunities. Uh, they, they both should have had a hat-trick at the end of the day. And as a Werner owner, it was so fucking frustrating to watch because, again, you know, I've got an assist, I'll take it. Of course I will. But it's one of, he's one of those players that I know full well when I take him out, he's going to put away these two or three chances that he gets and it's going to hurt. But to see him continuously get into those positions, I guess, is a good thing. The downside is he just doesn't – he seems to kind of want to ensure that his shots are on target rather than placing them. So he continuously hit the keeper. And Meslier made some good saves, but there's two or three where, you know, they were right at him. Yeah. He's a, he's a little bit reminiscent of, like, Shea Adams, where he's always in the right place and he's always getting these chances, but it's just not quite working for him. Uh, that's Obviously, Shea Adams is now starting to deliver a bit more, but it feels like the sort of start of the season with Shea Adams. I genuinely never thought I'd ever hear Shea Adams compared to Timo Werner. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds mad, doesn't it? Yeah, a couple of years ago, he was at Birmingham and he was at Leipzig. Yeah, <laughs> I think the, the title of this pod should be Timo Adams, mate, just to see what people come up with. 
that would confuse so many. <laughs> Madness. But yeah, Leeds, again, I thought they played really well. You know, Bamford got his goal. Um, they're just unfortunate. You know, they got hit towards the end there and that, that's how they lost the game. But going forward, I think Leeds' fixtures in the next, you know, six game weeks are brilliant. They've got home games against West Ham, Newcastle and Burnley. Uh, they're away to West Brom and away to Man United. Like, for, for those like myself that have still got the wild card, um, I think I'm planning to probably use it around game week 16. Um, realistically, I should probably be looking to maybe bring in like Bamford um, this week, potentially, to jump on these fixtures to them with a view to, you know, maybe jump off. Might not even have to, but you, you can then jump off in 17 and then you'll miss, you know, Spurs, Saints, Leicester, Everton, those kind of games. So... Leeds, for me, I think have probably got one of the best runs over Christmas. And it seems like Bielsa, once he's got that squad, he'll continuously pick it. So, Yeah, it's a fantastic run. And even the one tough fixture, which is United away, Leeds will be well up for that. I mean, they hate Man United. Exactly. And I think I could quite easily see Bamford scoring in that game. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think Bamford's probably one of the best options going forward for the next five weeks as a striker and he's still so cheap like I don't understand 6.1 million yeah it's it's crazy when you look at his output compared to you know Calvert-Lewin and the rise that DCL's had Bamford's rise has been nowhere near as close so yeah I think Leeds definitely wants to watch um, all right let's move on to the first game on Sunday and it was West Brom 1 Crystal Palace well, this stang a bit because uh, obviously I had Zaha and took him out, I think it was last week or the week before for Jota. You did, yeah. Uh, I think it was yeah. two, two weeks ago, wasn't it? It was. And obviously it's burned me a little bit there, but obviously I uh, got that return from Jota when he, when he scored as soon as I put him in. But yeah, um, I think this is mainly down to the sending off uh, of Pereira yeah. rather than a fantastic Palace display. I think it was just they suffered from the red card. I think it was a harsh red as well. Um, obviously, it's the refs originally given a yellow. Pereira's obviously been he's gone down. He's reacted, and yeah, he moves his feet towards the player, but it's I don't think it's aggressive. Um, and then obviously, when it goes to VAR and he overrules it and says, "Ah, oh, you got to look at that again at the monitor," you immediately know it's going to be a red. And yeah, it changed the game, and I don't think it deserved a red card. It should have been a yellow because. As soon as you get the likes of, you know, Zaha Eze, who was exceptional again, kind of going forward at a back line of West Brom who are, you know, retreating, they've got 10 men. I think they're probably one of the best teams to play against 10 men because of the pace that they've got going forward. And we even saw, you know, two goals from Benteke. And he's such a powerhouse, you know, in games that he can be, but he's been so poor recently. So for him to get two goals as well, it just shows, you know, how dominant Palace has been. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy for him to be honest. Um, hopefully, we'll see some more from Benteke. I mean, he's going nowhere near either of our teams, I'm sure. But yeah, I can't see it, mate. It's taken him 11 games to then finally get these two goals, and they have played, you know, Fulham, um, Brighton, Saints, Burnley, you know, Newcastle. They've had plenty of games where he could have had opportunities, and he wasn't even getting minutes. This is the first game he's played 90 minutes, so you know, fair enough. But I don't. Oh, no. Nah. Don't, don't jump on Benteke. <laughs> horrible, horrible fixtures as well. <laughs> oh, honestly, yeah. Spurs at home, West Ham away, yeah. Liverpool at home, Villa away, Leicester it's, at home. 
it's a like, sea of red for the next, <laughs> you know, six weeks at least. And even the fixtures that are in the middle, like away at West Ham and away at Villa, they're not easy games. So, yeah, don't go near Crystal Palace. I know Zaha can, you know, do it on his day and he's arguably probably burnt a lot of people in FPL and Sky who got rid of him, you know, for this little run of fixtures. But it is what it is, you know. You're going to have these games where someone gets sent off and it changes. And I think that's what happened in this one. But I am fucking annoyed because... Johnson was doing so well for me, mate. And as soon as you bring him in, concedes five? Yeah, uh, I've definitely fucked him for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was pissed off, to be honest, because obviously um, Martinez wasn't playing for me. So I uh, transferred out my subkeeper and brought Johnston in with the view yeah. to a clean sheet. Didn't even, um, I didn't even get the imp- appearance points. Well, but, I did, obviously, but zero. Yeah, a wasted transfer, mate. You should have never brought him in. Exactly, um, but if I have to take two points off of you, that's that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump on to uh, Sheffield United one, Leicester two. Well, another loss for Sheffield United is the first thing I think we should mention. Yeah, I mean they got a goal, but it's still not enough. No, it isn't, and obviously they lost right at the end. Um, it's going to be particularly tough for them to take, considering Vardy's a Sheffield Sheffield. Wednesday fan, um, yeah. hence the booting of the corner flag. More a statement of that than it was homophobia. <laughs> well, yeah, no, exactly. I, I've seen a few people mention that on Twitter, and I was like, no, no, come on, don't go down that route. He, he's, he just loves twatting things, he be does. it a corner flag, be it whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was going to say, careful what you say there, mate. It's... <laughs> I was like, what am I going to say? His wife? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> No, he, um, yeah, no, he's um, obviously delivered uh, right at the end of the game there. He's, he stole all the bonus points. When Vardy does get a return, he it does normally tend to get bonus. And obviously it's worth mentioning that, he, yeah, while his stats are sometimes horrendous in terms of his performance in the game, like he'll have one shot on target, two shots on target, he's, he is still capable of getting the points and I feel comfortable with him most games that he will return. Yeah, mate, I'm getting, I mean, I'm not a Vardy owner myself, but I'm getting sick of Vardy owners on Twitter moaning in the 85th minute that he's been out of the game and he hasn't had a chance and he's, uh, he's going to get, you know, one or two points because he's already been booked. And I'm like, the game's not over. This is Jamie Vardy. And as we all bloody know, he does what he does and he goes and scores the winner here. And all he needs is that one chance where he gets played through and no one's catching him. But there was people on Twitter saying, oh, you know, the Sheffield United defender should have fouled him, you know, and taken him down. Well, why? Because it's then a red card. You're then banned for three games. And, you know, there's nothing to say that then Leicester don't score from that free kick or then spend the next, you know, six, seven minutes dominating and getting a goal anyway. So once once Vardy's through, I think, yeah, no one's catching him. And it was a lovely finish. Yeah, very true. Um, there's, yeah, exactly. Madison's pretty good from free kicks as well. I think Pereira as well. So they may well have scored it. I mean, that happened with Brighton. Obviously, I didn't get someone sent off, but uh, not Brighton. Whoever we played where we scored the free kick, United, just yeah. outside the box. Yeah. Um, Prowsey put it away. Yeah, exactly. So it just says a lot. So yeah, that, those kind of comments I just find ridiculous. And it's not football at the end of the day. They're all like, yeah, professional foul now. That's just ludicrous. But um there was the angle from the touchline for Vardy's goal where it was kind of from 
Chris or just behind Chris Wilder. And I felt for him because you could see as soon as that ball goes through, he's, he's kind of on his knees, he's watching, and he does the old Roy Hodgson head drop at the end. And it's like, I think he knows that there's something up. And the fact they've still only got one point, yeah, it's it's a, such a worry. Um, they've got fixtures again that they should, you know, be looking to get points over this Christmas period and over early January. They, they play Burnley, they play Palace, they play Newcastle, they play Brighton. We've said it time and time again, and I don't know how many times we can, but they're, they're going to need to start picking up points soon. And if they don't get points from those games, then I think they're fucked. But I genuinely think they're in trouble anyway. Um, they've not got the goals in them. So I'm really worried that it could be a really awful season for Sheffield United fans. And just looking at the fixtures after Christmas, it's a sea of red. You know, Tottenham, Man United, Man City, Chelsea in the space of five weeks. It's, it's horrendous. Yeah, agreed. I think they need to sign some decent strikers. Well, you say that, but they've spent so much money up top already. You know, yeah. they've brought in Brewster, <laughs> they've got back, they, they, they've spent money. I mean, it's Sheffield United, how much money they can, can they spend? But I just don't know whether it's a system issue, whether they have to change systems, but something has to change for them to get points because otherwise... It's all well and good saying, ah, but they only lose by the odd goal, but they're still losing. So, Very true. Right, let's move on to the North London derby and um, a Mourinho masterclass in Spurs 2, Arsenal 0. Yeah, fantastic result for me. Uh, an owner of Kane and Son. I was licking my lips when, uh, <laughs> when those goals came in. Fantastic goal from Son. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Beautiful curled effort into the top corner around the keeper uh, that's why I stuck with him I saw this Arsenal fixture as not that a difficult not that difficult fixture people were looking at their run going oh I don't fancy Spurs' fixtures Should, shall we move on to Man City I felt KDB was enough coverage for City um, and I wanted to stick with Kane and Son and it's to this game has pay, repaid me didn't yeah. last game against Chelsea but this game it has yeah no, exactly I think I was I mean, I had my doubts about Spurs, but I was of the same ilk that I didn't want to get rid of both of them. So I've kept Kane and obviously I got rid of Son for Bruno. And in some ways that's worked, in some ways it's not. But like we've said, you can't have them all. So to have one in that partnership is just, it's unbelievable. I mean, Rob Holding's defending is atrocious for, for Son's goal. He just continues to back off and kind of lets him cut inside. But you, you can't take away from the finish. It was, it was unbelievable. And then obviously you've got, Thomas Partey was uh, injured in the build-up to the to the second goal. As soon as um, Spurs then counter, they've got 5v2. And then Arteta's like actively trying to push Partey back on the pitch after he's clearly injured, just to say, what the fuck are you doing? And yeah, the inevitable kind of goal, Kane smashes it in. And as dominant as Arsenal were in possession, you know, they had all the passing stats, all the crossing stats, the possession stats, but... They, they just can't find a way to score. And they look almost clueless at times going forward. The, they had a free kick that ended up, you know, in the Spurs half when they were in almost on the 18-yard line. Um, and then there was another moment, I think, when Bellerin got through. Um, Aubameyang was in the middle and Bellerin plays it behind him. So it's in those moments that I think Arsenal are really struggling. And they're going to have to find a way to turn these opportunities that Arteta keeps talking about you know, he talks about, oh, well, we put 33 crosses in this game. Well, yeah, but you scored nothing. So 33 crosses surely means fuck all if you can't put one away. 
Agreed. Yeah, there's not much um, cohesion with Arsenal. Um, I don't feel confident in them at all, to be honest. Um, move away from all their players. Uh, just no, just avoid. For no, me. exactly. And I just just looking at um, Spurs' fixtures. Obviously, we're still in that run that we all claimed was was tricky. I know they've got Palace this weekend, but then they've got Liverpool, Leicester, and Wolves. But I can still see goals in those games. You know, Mourinho has got that team grinding out results in games where, you know, people are kind of underrating them. And he's got them playing in a way that, that they counter so effectively that if you're a man down on that counter, then they're, they're going to score. Like, I mean, when you've got Son, Kane, Bergwijn, I mean, Bale can't even get into this team at the moment. That's how confident Mourinho is, you know, in his front three or four. Like, Bale's not playing. And then obviously you've got Hoiberg and Sissoko that are kind of the the kind of mid, midfield mastermen in, in the middle there that are just dominating proceedings. You know, they're getting the challenge in and they're, they're turning play. So I think Spurs will continue to play really well. And I'm annoyed because I know that Son's going to continue to return and I can't find a way to get him back. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a bit like me not being able to get Bruno. I think some plays you just have to miss out on. <laughs> exactly. And another player that we're going to touch on now from Liverpool 4, Wolves nil will obviously be uh, Mohamed Salah in the conundrum that what the fuck do we do with, without him? Yeah, well, I'm more concerned about not having Salah than I am Bruno Fernandes. Partly because it's harder to get Salah in as well. He's, what, 12.2, 12.3 maybe now? Um, yeah, he rose last night. It's 12.3 million. Yeah, so it's a... Tough player to get in. I mean, I have to do two transfers and appoint it to bring him in for Fulham, and that alone makes me not do it. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm fearful. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like he may well quite easily get a hat trick against Fulham, potentially even four goals. Um, but I'm just gonna have to grin it, grin and bear. To be honest, uh, just ride my ride my way through it. Um, yeah. I'm I'm in a similar boat because. The only way I can really do it is by getting rid of, say, Werner and Fernandez for Bamford and Salah. And I've got the money to do that. But if I get rid of Bruno for Man City game, I want to bring him back for the Sheffield United game, the Leeds game, the Leicester game. And I don't want to do the hokey-cokey between them because, yeah, you can do that in Sky when you pick up fixture returns. But you, don't, you can't be doing that in FPL because it's, it's wasted transfers, it almost feels. And uh, through. Um, do you have any money tied up in Bruno? Um, yeah, I do. I'd have to check. I'm pretty sure he's valued for me. Um, if I was to sell him, he would be 10.6. And obviously he's 10.9 now. So I, I'd be losing value as well. That's that's the problem. And it's another thing, obviously, in, in FPL that we've got to consider is the hokey-cokey in Sky, yeah, it's good because, you know, prices are restricted they're, they're, they're set at the start of the season they don't rise or fall whereas in FPL you've got that value to work but it's just looking at those fixtures that really worries me for Liverpool because they looked so good against Wolves and obviously we've seen Trent come back for 45 minutes Robertson looks fit again the issue is they've, they've got that front four and arguably there's only three places for them I think we've both got Jota but not having Salah scares me when they've got Fulham, Palace, West Brom, Newcastle is four of their next five games. 
Well, yeah, exactly. You feel more confident of Salah starting than you do Jota. Like, there's always going to be a risk of him getting benched, as we saw the last game. Yeah, that, that's the but fact. But Klopp did say it was sort of partly down to him playing Wolves and he didn't want to play him against his old club. He wanted him to watch the game. Yeah. So maybe he will start the next few. Uh, maybe. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see Champions League-wise. Obviously, they play their Champions League game tomorrow. Arguably, I don't think they'll play most of their first team because they're through now after the result that they got last week. But say Jota does play 90 minutes tomorrow and say the likes of Salah or Mane are rested, I think that's a bad omen for the weekend and that, that's my worry. But we jumped on Jota because of his price and I think he's still a good option. He will come on. The issue is that do I try and squeeze Salah in? And I think it's a debate I'm going to be having with myself all the way through the Friday. No, I think so. Um, it would be a tough one for me as well uh, with your your team, I think I'd be very close to doing the move you suggested. Whereas with my team, I'm very happy with Kevin De Bruyne and, and Son, and I'm not getting rid of Vardy before Brighton at home. No, no, that's the thing. Whereas for me, yeah, I think as, as good as Werner could be, I know that I've got that wild card in four or five weeks' time. So I could potentially, you know, take him out for Bamford, who's arguably got better fixtures try and gamble on those and then maybe double up on Liverpool for this little run and risk not having Bruno. But, you know, like, like we, we've said, you know, we, you can really only have three, probably three premiums out of the ones that you want without ruining the rest of your team. And even so, like, people are going to want to bring Trent and Robbo back in for this run of fixtures and they're still massively priced and kind of under-owned. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what way people go. Um, I'd love to be able to bring one of them in. Um, I've got Robbo and Sky, but I don't have either of them in FPL. And I can't really shoo them in without ruining other parts of my team. And that's, that's the problem. Before a wild card, I don't want to really be taking hits. No, that makes perfect sense. All right, let's move on to the final game of the week. And another cracking win is uh, Saints beat Brighton 2-1. We certainly did. Um, delighted to see... CS wins. Delighted to see Ingsy back in the team, obviously off the yeah. bench. Bestergaard, another attacking return. Um, he's becoming our Zuma, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Clinical corners. We're, we're enjoying the comparison between our Saints players and Chelsea players this week, aren't we? <laughs> we certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Cracking header. Like, to see... To get the power behind the header that he got was unbelievable. And he, he does it, you know, we see it in games quite often where, you know, he cranks his neck back. And the pace that he can propel off of a ball from Prousey is, is brilliant. And, he, and obviously Prousey's kind of set piece taken really, really benefits that because he knows where to put the ball and he's got the right pace on it. And like you said, brilliant to see Danny Ings come on for 45 minutes, you know, get a better match fitness and then score the winning penalty. Albeit, in my opinion even as a Saints fan, a dubious penalty. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was debatable. Obviously, the challenge sort of starts just outside, but it does continue into the box. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt about where it finishes. Like, it's clearly well inside the box. And if I was a Brian fan, I'd be screaming that it started outside the box. That's, but that's my Saints fan, and I see that as a penalty. Well, there you go. Exactly. That's, you know, it. you get these swings and roundabouts in a season, don't you? And, you know, the luck's with you sometimes and the luck's not with you in other times. And arguably, potentially, Brighton has, have had 
some luck this season already. You know, you, you've got that Danny Welbeck pen, for instance, that we spoke about a while ago and how much contact was really there, but he goes down and he gets the pen and, you know, fair play. But on this occasion, you know, it, it went against him. And yeah, if I was a Brighton fan, I'd be arguably furious, but I'm a Saints fan and I'm overjoyed because we're sat fifth in the fucking table. And from the start of the season, when we had that, you know, awful start, no one expected this. So for us to be, I think we're three points off top is, you know, it's, it's fantastic for, for where we are. And now we're seeing players like Ings come back. So to, to be where we are without, you know, our talisman effectively shows just how good the squad has developed. And, you know, bringing in Theo Walcott, I think, has really helped. Yeah, he's a shrewd addition. Um, not what we expected, but I've been delighted with the way he's uh, delivered. I think he's had a real hunger and he was really happy to be back at his hometown club. And you can see that way every time he's on the pitch. Yeah. He just looks like he's loving loving life, loving the game. No, exactly. And I I really think he'll start this weekend. I mean, fingers crossed, because, you know, as I've said at the start, I'm, I'm getting to go. And I'd love to see Danny Ings back on the pitch, even if it's for one game, because with the, the way the ballot works, I don't think I'll get, you know, back to the ground for, say, another four home games at least after this one. So, you know, fingers crossed we can, uh, we can get another win. Um, right, let's jump on to how our games week went then, mate. And uh, I'll let you go first in terms of both your FPL and Sky reviews. Mainly because uh, I think you had a better week than me in FPL. You know, extended that lead again, which is uh, bloody frustrating. But I think we're both <laughs> seeing green arrows, which is, uh, which is the main thing. So We certainly are. Um, up from 600k to 354k, a big fat green arrow. Due to 84 points. Johnston in goal, doing me no favours on zero. Carl Walker-Peters on five. Kufal one. Zuma on eight. Continues to return. Yeah, exactly. Very good returns from Zuma. Uh, Jota on one. Anguisa taking a step into my team for the first time. <laughs> we won't have to see him there, will we? It's... What, what, a, what a legend. Obviously, he was on my bench last week um, when he got seven points and actually returned. Yeah. There you go, that was nice. Uh, Son and Kevin De Bruyne on 13 and 28 points respectively due to the captaincy of Kevin De Bruyne. Obviously, that was a big factor in my team's performance. And a very good delivery of my front three with eight points from Vardy, six from DCL and 12 from Kane. Can't be complaining about that, can you? And obviously, you've got Greedish and Target to come back this weekend, so... I certainly have and Martinez. So yep. I've got the three Villa players for the, any doubles that come around. Um, and if Johnson's fixture against Newcastle does get called off, then Martinez will slide in. How are you looking sure. at setting up for um, for this week then, mate? I think, yeah, that I've left it at that for the moment. Uh, that's subject to change. So you're on Son, son captaincy. I think that's a good shout. I probably will, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Between Son and Kane, really. Exactly. I mean, well, I say that I've got the Bison Vardy, but well, yeah, but yeah, I suppose it's it's a good option to kind of split, you know, captaincy and vice captaincy, you know, just in case with COVID, because I know it's there and we could see a game, you know, cold off at the last minute. So it's always wise to to keep splitting them. But yeah, I think I think it's a good team. You know, you've obviously um, it's still the Salah debate that we're going to have, and I think we'll probably end up texting about it consistently for for the next three days. But we'll see. FPL then, not FPL, Sky, how have you been getting on? So Sky, team, team one, 102 points, uh, up to 21k in this team. 
relatively happy with what happened. Obviously, KDB got 40 points for me. Uh, very impressed with that. Exceptional. Bolly didn't get me much points, but I didn't really expect much against Liverpool. Disappointed with Eiling's return, um, but I'm sure he'll repay me on another week. Perhaps maybe I should move him to Dallas, but that seems a bit of a sideways slash pointless move. Um, team two is up to 2,893rd. Very happy with this team. 108 points, uh, despite Barnes on zero and Ramsdale on one. Uh, we've got the front three returning. Uh, James Will Prowse captaincy paid off, bringing him in. Happy with the team going forward. Yeah, uh, I think with Barnes biggest, aside. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think your biggest issue in that team is Barnes, but you've seen considerable rises in this team. And obviously, being a, is it 2.8K? I think, yeah, you can quite easily continue to see green arrows. Um, from this point, there's so many teams ahead of you that have already used their transfers and will continue to burn through the transfers that they've got. And the fact that you've, you've, you've still got 28 transfers for that team, yeah. The moves that you can make and obviously the, the two-for-ones and three-for-ones that are available over this next run, if you jump on the right ones, then um, yeah, I think you could continue to see yourself rise up that leaderboard, mate. Exactly. I mean, um, I saw that knobhead going around on Twitter that he used all his transfers and was claiming it complaining to Sky. Oh, yeah, I'm wearing my transfers. It's like, hilarious. Oh, <laughs> man, that was so funny. Um, the fact, yeah, he's like, guys, where's all my transfers? Like, you know, you could have told me that we, we only had 40 available and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, read the fucking rules. Like, the fact that you've burned through 40 transfers and it's not even Christmas yet, mate. Like, sit down. Just... <laughs> Exactly, and he was like 200 points less than most people. Exactly, so. that's what I mean. His team was still shit. So <laughs> how he's used 40 transfers and got to that point, I've no idea. All right, I'll, I'll jump on to um, how I did then. So I got 73 points uh, this week in FPL. Not, not too bad. Shame uh, it was 11 behind you, so I, I lose a little bit of ground there. But um, another little green arrow, so I'm up to 869k, which, you know, Given, I think, five, six weeks ago, I was almost three million. Can't, can't really complain about that. Uh, Zuma and Carl Walker-Peter is very similar for me. Um, you know, picking up the returns there. Bruno, annoying that he only got a half, but he still got six points, so I can't complain. And yeah, De Bruyne captaincy was clearly the best option this weekend. We both hit him, so that's brilliant. Then yeah, my front three, you know, given last week, I think they got five or six points between them. To get returns from all three of them this week, you know, just shows the, the swings and roundabouts in FPL, really. And then obviously Grealish and uh, Matty Target sat on the bench. But this week, I think, is a, um, a tricky one for me because I've got the salad debate that um, I'm having. And it's a real problem in terms of who I want over Salah. Whether I get rid of Bruno, I'm still unsure. But I think the only view I could really have is either dropping Bruno and either Werner or DCL um, and then bringing in Salah and potentially Bamford. But I'm not going to do anything until probably Thursday, Friday, until we have the press conferences because we've got Europe and then, um, yeah, potentially a COVID issue. So what, what's the point? But Yeah, leave it late, as late as possible. That's what we've learned this season. But I'll jump on to uh, Sky in which... Uh, Thoroughly. Yeah, so in my first team, I got 135 points this week and I'm up to 396th overall. Um, 0.6 in the bank and I've only I've used 12 transfers, so I've got 28 remaining in this one. 
the points primarily came from, you know, having Cancelo and Diaz um, for Man City. Obviously got the clean sheets, got the passing tiers at the back. Cancelo played this time. You know, it's it's a move I made and I was disappointed he didn't play the week before, but I, I expect him to play some games over this period. And if he can pick up 10 points, I can't complain. Um, captaincy was obviously on De Bruyne. And yeah, he's an exceptional sky pick when, he, when he's on his day. So... Got 40 points. Prowse's captaincy last night with the assist got me 10. And then um, I brought in Salah uh, this week. Brought him in for uh, Timo Werner. So um, I managed to afford that and then keep Bruno because I kind of put myself in a corner with already having three strikers. Um, but yeah, Werner out after his eight-point return. Brought in Salah, captain him, and immediately got 30 points. So can't, can't really be complaining about that move. Um <laughs> And then in team two, which this team is actually still in the cup, um, it is ranked at 2.5k at the moment. And yeah, through, through again, got 123 points. Uh, only used 11 transfers in this one. So again, kind of returns, you know, from your usual Robbo, Cancelo, De Bruyne, Oriel Romeu. Um, I brought him in for uh, James Rodriguez um, after he got two points. Captained him because he was my only option. And he obviously got man of the match uh, last night. So. Got a tidy 12 points from him as captain. And then, yeah, um, took out Bruno Fernandes in this one uh, after his four-point return for Salah. Um, so I think I was doing the hokey-cokey on this one, missing out on Bruno against Man City. And then I'll be bringing him back in for the Sheffield United game and for the run after that. But, yeah, really, really enjoying Sky. Um, oh yeah, it's a game that I highly recommend to everybody. The This week is going to be hectic because... There's games on every day except for Monday. And obviously, the way that Sky works, it's Friday to Friday, so or Friday to Thursday. So you've got two fixtures for every, every team. Um, so I think if people are nailing captaincies across these scores, we, we could easily see you know, scores potentially even pushing towards the 200 mark if, if your captaincies go off. So I think it's going to be a really exciting game week, mate. I think so. I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's um, jump on to Champman. And uh, I'll jump first because I want to talk about your game week a bit more after after this one. <laughs> but um, this week I managed to get 80 points, which I was uh, pretty pleased with. You know, Sammy Hippia, Sylvester Southgate, Jaskalainen. It's, it's the returns at the back again. You know, they're so consistent if you pick up the right defensive points, um, in my opinion. So that that's a good way to go. Midfield is still so tricky to, to nail and to hit. You know, Salakovic and Petkov got marginal returns this week, but I've got Wally sat on the bench there. You know, for once he picks up bonus points. That's, that was a bit frustrating. And then cool. Van Nistelrooy, but Boxic was arguably, or he actually was, the, the best option. Either Boxic or Hippia would have um, easily outscored Van Nistelrooy, but it is what it is. Uh, 80 points, and I think I'm up to... 197 overall now. And then um, just before we went recording, uh, Mode, FPL Mode, announced that I'm one of the three wildcards for his Ryder Cup team. So I've got to stay consistent. I can't I can't let the man down. <laughs> but um, I want to chat about your team, mate. And um, what's going on with, uh, with your chat man experience so far? Because I've seen you chatting on Twitter and obviously we've been talking about between ourselves, but it's not going well. It's not. Uh, it started okay, uh, but the last two game weeks have been horrific. <laughs> yeah. 43 and then 44 points. 
I almost oh, outscored that this game week. Sorry? I almost outscored that double score this game week with one. <laughs> you literally did. I mean, I did a treat, treat about that exactly that point. Like, uh, my two last weeks combined are less than most people's um, yeah. for just the one. There's, there's things I want to change. Um, I don't want Gerard in my team, but there's a double just coming. Um, I don't want Whedon in my team anymore, obviously, because his days are numbered. Yeah. Holland, I don't really want in my team anymore. Algefri, I don't want in my team. So the argument for wild carding is there. I However, think. I'm happy with the rest of my team. Um, I'm happy with Hart. I'm happy with Cole. Uh, well, happy with Cole now. Um, he wasn't delivering until this game. <laughs> I think Ars- to be fair, Arsenal's fixtures do turn now. So I think he's, he's a good pick. Exactly. So I'm going to stick with him. It'd be stupid to go off with him now um, after sticking with him for the, the rough patch. So, so look I've got two free transfers. I'm inclined <laughs> to move on Whelan and Holland. Um, if you've got any suggestions, do let me know. I'm going to be thinking about my team on Thursday. I've got the day off. So. I was going to say, uh, have you booked the day specifically to to sort a Chapman wildcard, mate? I have not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just for the cats getting their vaccinations, but yeah, that's fair. But I yeah, can take advantage of it. Genuinely, <laughs> I, I think obviously we've had the pods from Craig, um, and then obviously you've got the CM scout data, which I know that you've watched, and that that kind of highlights kind of fixture turns and players to to target. But I, I really think that you should be. Um, wildcarding um, that squad. I'd probably only keep five of your players. And I mean, you're, you're, you're 964th overall at the moment. Um, you, 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 hit, you managed to hit a game week rank of 1,692 last week. So that, that's your squad. But That's why I was asking how many people were in the game. <laughs> yeah, but you, you can turn it around. Like it's, You're only four game weeks in. And I know wildcarding in game week five might seem daft this early, but it's a sim the sim isn't that intelligent. So it doesn't go off a of form. It goes off of fixtures and like the matchups between the two. And I think if you can get on the right players now, you can quite easily see green arrow after green arrow after green arrow. Like there's no reason why not. And we've got two free hits this season. So there's people obviously talking about, you know, the blank game weeks and the doubles and how we're going to deal with that. I think those two free hits help wildcarding early this year because you can then use those free hits to navigate later on. And obviously you get the wild card in the second half of the season. But for me, I think both of us should probably be looking at wild carding. I'm, I'm looking at wild carding. Um, and at the moment, I'm looking at keeping two, two and, oh, I think two and a half million in the bank to bring Van Nistelrooy back in. But I'm going to go without him this week, probably. I think my front three will probably be Owen, Viduka and Wonchop. Um, all three look like they could return this week. Owen has obviously got the double, and then I can move Owen back to Van Nistelrooy. It's it's those midfield slots that are the hardest to fill, in my opinion. Like they're so tricky to nail, which is why I think going maybe big at the back and big up front is a good idea. And then you know picking up like GX for instance for Everton, he's been exceptional. You know, he's he's only five million, but he's consistently returning. And Everton after this week have four home fixtures in a row, so. You know, someone like him, or even Hughes for Charlton, very good pick at four and a half million, picking up points. Jody Morris for Derby, again, another pick. So uh, there's plenty out there. It's just, I guess, you know, deciding on what way you want to go, mate. That's that's the thing. But I really hope this Thursday you have a far better game week because I want to be so taking, like <laughs> enjoyment, you know, and having fun with it. And I don't want you to text me and say, I've got no returns yet. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. 
still enjoying it, even though I'm having shit game weeks. Oh yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's 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 brilliant fun, isn't it? Like the, the stream itself is what makes Chapman. It's just it can be a frustrating game, and I experienced that last week, last week, uh, last season. It was so frustrating at times. I saw four or five red arrows in a row, and I was just like, "Why am I even playing?" But as soon as you get on that stream, it's you know it's, it's quality fun. Right, let's um, jump onto the questions to uh, to end the pod then. And first question is in from Stian Dadstap. Good to see you again, mate. Could you do your take on players likely to be shipped on a game week five wildcard that are then likely to be missed by people from game week six in Champman? So for me, obviously just spoken about wildcarding, I'm on three Middlesbrough players um, and all three are going. So I think the likes of Zapeda and Boxic, we know that they can pick up returns. I think they could potentially cause a few regrets, but what player isn't, you know? You, I'm, as I sort of said, I'm going to, you know, remove Van Nistelrooy this week, but I, I fully expect him to probably get a goal. It's just I'm hoping that the likes of, you know, Viduka and Owen can outscore him. So you're always going to kind of remove someone that's going to hole and inevitably make you regret the decision, but that's why we wildcard is because we think we're picking the best players for those fixtures. So yeah, there will be players that, you know, make us regret not doing it, but don't look back, mate. Like just go with your gut and um, play that instinct. I don't know what you think. No, I agree. Um, I think, yeah, obviously Ruth Van Nistelrooy could burn you a bit, but you obviously you're going to bring him back in afterwards. So and I agree that just go, go with your gut on the World Cup. Exactly. And what game week isn't exciting when you go into it without Ran Nisteroy, right? <laughs> it's going <gonna, laughs> to be either mental or a travesty, but hopefully it's, it's the, the first. Um, question in from Steve Bird. Ah, good to see you, mate. Um, sorry that we probably haven't had as many puns this week. I know, I know you love your puns. But um, with Saturday's game being a major doubt, presuming with this being a Newcastle, uh, and possibly the Leeds game next week in danger. At what point does the situation surrounding Newcastle, yep, there you go, and COVID start becoming unmanageable? And what are the knock-on effects? Well, I'm uh, inclined to avoid Newcastle until further notice. Um, I mean, even consider a look at who they're playing in the next few fixtures. Um, I've only got Johnston from West Brom, yep. but Martinez, as I said earlier, can cover if the game's called off. Uh, however, if you, I guess if you do own a Newcastle player, there is the potential for a double down the line. Um, but I wouldn't be getting any in. Uh, I'm not even sure if I'd get any in anyway, regardless of COVID. No, God knows. I, I wouldn't be touching Newcastle with a barge ball at the moment. I think, thankfully, it seems restricted to Newcastle at the moment. So there isn't a lot of worry for other fixtures, obviously, other than the team that they're supposed to be playing. And we're yet yes. to find out about the West Brom game, which... Is a pain in the ass because it'd be nice to know if you know my keeper's going to get zero again for playing or zero again for not playing. So, but I'm obviously hopeful that that game goes ahead, and then really hopeful that the Leeds game goes ahead because you know that's that's not a game that we want to be missing out on next week. And then it'll be three in a row, and then I think it becomes a bigger problem, you know, particularly for fixtures and you know the the kind of knock-on effect that that could have going forward. So. Hopefully, we see that they uh, return. I, I believe I read today that they've returned to the training ground, um, and the players that were self-isolating are following the protocols to then come back. So, if they've opened the training ground, I think they might be expected by the Premier League to then play this weekend. So, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And obviously, they play on Saturday at three o'clock, so they've, they've got a bit of time. But 
yeah hopefully hopefully we hear a bit more soon um all right i'll jump on this final question then from chapman fpl anarag b so which players teams are you targeting in a game week five wildcard ideally some players barring any injuries would be three to five game week picks uh, obviously Liverpool, uh, the likes of Hippia, um, and for maybe even Arsenal as well. Uh, Ashley Cole. I mean, yeah. as you said, we said there earlier, the fixtures turn. Um, maybe even Millwall at home to Ipswich as a short term, short term pick. Yeah, maybe one of their players. Uh, obviously, you've got cheaper options uh, for Millwall. So, oh, exactly. yeah, the, the likes of Kane, you know, he's he's popped up with the odd return there. But yeah, I think for me, Owen Viduka and Henri um, have come out really well in the same da- uh, the sim data for this week. Um, looking at the the stats and stuff that the guys um, within the Discord, um, Luke's Discord, have produced, Arsenal and Leeds by far score the most goals this week. So you know, they're they're, they're teams to kind of look for and potentially target, and they've both got really good fixtures moving forward. Whereas the likes of Owen and Hippia, arguably they're kind of double game week picks, but then you'd maybe look to move them on because the fixtures then kind of go bad. And that's why I think a lot might be looking to bring Owen in for this week, but then move him on potentially next week or the week after. So I need to have a real word with myself before I consider Thierry Henry, to be honest, because I've got bad blood with him. You know, he burnt bridges with me last season over and over again, but Sim data, sim data, and I mean it's consistently showing that he's returning. And we've obviously we've had the Arsenal leak um, from the scout this week for their full team, and on restarts. So the, the rep twelve worry was there, but it's it's now gone. Um, we've already mentioned him, but you know GX for Everton been surprisingly brilliant so far this season, and Everton then go on to have four home games in a row, so four games to target there. And then, yeah, like you said, mate, you know, Ashley Cole, um, Ian Hart, Sammy Hippie, I think they'll all be popular picks for defensive wildcards. They're, they're all, you know, they've got clean sheets in them. And when they get clean sheets, they pick up the bonus points. So all, all, good, all good options. But yeah, I think um, that's probably enough, uh, enough for this week, mate. And uh, we've got a very busy schedule kind of coming up. You know, no doubt the pod next week will be... Uh, oh, a bit manic because we're going to have to kind of cover off one game week whilst probably in the midst of the start of the next game week because obviously it starts on the Tuesday when we record so that'll be good fun but uh, I'm looking forward to it and fingers crossed you have a far better game week in chat man I think I will regardless yeah. of what I do wild card no wild card I feel I feel a good week coming good man good man well that's what we want all right well um it's been a pleasure guys uh, as always really appreciate you know your comments your likes your shares your subscribes we'd really appreciate it we've had some lovely comments on um, Apple podcasts um, that we've picked up on. So if, if you could jump on there, you know, and if you really like what we're doing, give us a five-star rating. That always helps. Um, but I think for me, that's it. And uh, it's a bye from me, guys. And goodbye from me.